Fashion is getting a makeover. Good evening, and welcome to the podcast with your host, Armac. Today's podcast is sponsored by MyPillow, a great company for your sleep. We'll talk about the upcoming elections. And also, news around the world, around the clock. International news. And U.S. news. With your host, RMA. All on the RMA Network. Now. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Sunday, September twenty fifth. Um, it's the new year coming up in the Jewish New Year. Happy holidays to everyone. Um, we will have a, uh, slight different type of podcast. Um, we will do a quick podcast as our schedule is very, very, um, tight today. Um... Because of this Jewish New Year. Um, let's get into it because I have a tight schedule and I wanted to do a podcast, but it's very tight. Um, yeah. So basically, uh, the Democrats are asking um, for these votes basically they're uh saying let's get out and uh t- basically they're uh sending messages to voters saying that we need we need your we need your vote we will pass these things and such and such and I'm like it's ridiculous Liz Cheney says um I will make sure that, uh, what do you call it, doesn't come in. She says, I will make sure that Kira Lake doesn't go in to, con- to, um, the, to the, to office, which is ridiculous. And she knows she's losing her spot, by the way. And then Liz Cheney election bill allows voting up 
to five days after election, Dems take it over. That's a huge fail. A huge fail. A huge fail. All right, let's read a letter from my good friend Mason Marr. Uh, wishing everyone a happy holidays. I would like to read it to everyone on air. Hello to all. As Roshana is approaching, I would like to. I wanted to reach out to wish you Shana Tova, a happy, sweet New Year. If you don't know me, my name is Mason Marr, candidate for Sheriff State County Sheriff. I've I've been protecting serving my the residents of the city of Patterson for over 30 years and my fellow running mates is team Mason Troy Oswald Alex Cruz and I he didn't list Billy Prempa but um he is a candidate also who have I've worked with closely have combined total 90 years Experience in law enforcement, just one of many of the highlights um, of our careers have been seeing significant drop in violence and crime. Troy Oswald has been in the Patterson Police Police Department. He's a Patterson. He used to be uh, Patterson Police Chief. We have a long history putting um, violent crimes behind bars. He says he's in, with the law enforcement officers vi violate their oath and their and the law. It is now it is no secret that our Jewish citizens are often targeted by criminals. I want to assure you that I am committed to fighting crime. And keeping to all of our communities safe, and using my my proven strategies. Um, and experience along with Troy, Alex, and Billy to accomplish this. We believe that everyone, no matter what the religion is, they profess poses the right of practice their religion in peace without of an attack to violent crime a part um of my plan in increased security nears of the with large concession um with the Jews, such as synagogues and schools. And I also, he's saying that he wants, with the Passaic County Prosecutor's Office, he's cracking down on all hate of crimes. Finally, he's saying, I, I pledge to work closely with law enforcement and your community leaders and Jewish community and met with committed, feel safe, protected, and he's thanking everyone for their support. Um, so please vote for Team Mason. Row B. I already did it. I already voted. Voted by mail.
Um, because I am going to be away. Um, I know voting by mail is a little iffy, but they say got to do what you got to do. Fox News makes a big announcement. Let's hear it. Hang on. Hang on. Just give me a minute. A comedian left that the left simply can't stand is making a comeback. Rosney Barr will appear on in a stamped-up comedy special exclusive on Fox Nation, the streaming services on of the Fox Media family. How about that? I will not be watching that. Oh, yeah. All right, next. The special master that Trump is... Um, the raid case has been looking into a lot of stuff. DeSantis is getting real blow. Um, and my son Hunter. Wow. Oh, yeah. That movie. I'm telling you, everyone, go watch My Son Hunter. It's a great movie. I didn't watch it, but I assure you that My Son Hunter is a great, great movie. Um, I've heard great things, and I'm telling you, um, if you don't know that much about My Son Hunter, go watch it. All right, the left is continuing, um, their investigations against DeSantis. They're saying, oh, Governor DeSantis is terrible, um. How about this? I got a uh, a letter f- from from Bill Pasquale Jr. When what when did this come in? Um, two weeks ago. I was going to read it two weeks ago, but I decided, you know what? Let's read it this week because it's closer to the election. He says, "Baby formula, background checks, cheaper gas, cheaper insulin." Child tax credits, stimulus checks, marriage equity, equality, fighting for domestic terrorism, fighting climate change, fighting lower prescription drug prices, lower inflation, tax fairness, and I can't read this word. Reproductive freedom. Veteran Cancer Care. Basically, he's saying, fight, fight, fight until I get the money. Reducing inflation, yes. Funding public safety, fixing roads and bridges, restoring taxes, fairness, immigration, veteran benefits, Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid. First of all, this guy did not show up at all. In any of these um, debates that we ask him for, does not show up. He's a socialist. I I still invite him to a uh, 
debate. And he still has time. But with the high holidays coming up, it's and the election season is around the corner. Listen, they just mailed hundreds of ballots out. Just like days a week ago. I received my mail-in ballot and I I'm going to be sending it soon. I hope um my mail-in ballot um is okay. That's what I'm scared about from this idiot. Folks, it's ridiculous that we have to worry about the election and election integrity and all this and nonsense um, from uh, Passaic County. It's really ridiculous. Let's get into our, our videos. DeSantis um, is keep on going and going after the criminals. He's saying, we, we the people are saying we need to go after the Democrats. That's how DeSantis is saying it. He shreds the, the left. And it's amazing how he takes it. DeSantis is amazing. Listen to what Greg Kelly says. Tonight, we try to... Destroys the left. Oh, man, sending these migrants up to Martha's Vineyard, maybe even Wilmington, Delaware, Joe's house. It's brilliant. It's necessary. Oh, yeah, the, he, the, he sent, um, he sent these, these, um, Venezuelan people to, uh, Joe's house and the VP's house. What about, I'm waiting for him to send it, send these people to, um, Kerry, um, what do you call it? What's her name? Um, not Kerry Underwood, um, the, uh, um, the press person, press secretary. What's her name? I don't know what's her name, but whatever her name is. What about, um, sending them to there and Pete Buttigieg? Oh, man, that'd be great. That would be amazing. This guy, by the way, um, if you if you uh, don't watch um, Deplorable um, Sean Farish, Captain Deplorable, um, he's a savage, this guy. He, he uh, Sean Farish is a very good impression of Trump, Captain Deplorable. Um, he said that he calls Ron DeSantis Ron De Savage. Yes, it is Ron De Savage. All right, talking about um, the um, the great Trump. Listen to this. And where the stock market finished the worst first half of the year since 1872, so, 
Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy costs in its history. If you we hear no- the music in, in the background, someone hit the music um, by mistake. It's so, so emotional. I was like, what the heck? What? We never hear music when Trump ends his his um his rallies before. They like to change up a lot of these rallies and say different things and make different things. And he likes, you know what? And then he comes after, um, after he says on his True Social, he says uh, in the video, he says, it was wonderful. To hear the music. Because then people realize. What the hell is happening. And then. After you hear that. Great music. I'm coming back. No longer energy independent. Or energy dominant. Because it's a sad. It's a sad thing. Seriously. It's seriously sad. Alright next. Um. Listen to uh, what this lady, Latisha James, oh man, listen what she has to say. Uh, she's, she's saying she's like a boss. Go ahead, Latisha James. You're the boss. Go ahead. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for her. Go ahead. Today, we are filing a lawsuit against Donald Trump for violating the law as part of his efforts to generate profits for himself his family, and his company. The complaint demonstrates that Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. He did this with the help of the other defendants, his children, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and Eric Trump, and former Trump Organization CFO Alan Weisselberg and Trump Organization controller Jeffrey McConney, claiming you have money that you do not have does not amount to the art of the deal. It's the art of the steal. And there cannot be different rules for different people in this country or in this state. And former presidents are no different. All right, all right. That's a great laugh, by the way. I love that one. Um, but I'm saying the reason why I'm laughing at that is just a phony, stupid thing. Phony, stupid thing. Yes. Yes. It's phony and stupid. Um, all right. Joe Biden. Here we go. Oh, man, this is getting really bad. Vladimir Putin's talking about nuclear war. No nuclear war. Please, no nuclear war. That would be very bad for the entire planet, of course. I wish I didn't... Remember what Joe Biden said? He said, they asked him, what what should uh, Putin do if... He had nukes. And he said, no, no, no. 
what? No nukes, please. I'm like, what the hell? Why would you say no, 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 no? And they get, and he seriously gave all the plans on air. Remember in Afghanistan, and remember the Taliban, and remember with um, let's see here, um, just before he literally give gave the entire plan, and he said it on air. What an idiot! All right, you know who else is an idiot? Israel's current prime minister. I'm saying it because he's a dangerous man. He's calling for a two-state solution, and I'm like, what the heck? Israel is not a two-state solution. Israel is one state, and I'm calling, literally calling him out for that. And Republicans, by the way, signed a deal, signed a message, and sent it to him. And he said he, and they said he had to read that on air, word by word, without any, without ripping the paper. He had to read every single name. He had to read every single word on air. And he had to feel the pain. How about that? Feel the pain of of people. Don't do stupid things like a two-state solution. Benjamin Netanyahu, Benjamin Netanyahu said, focus on Iran. If you focus on Iran for once, then we'll fix um Israel. If you focus on a two-state solution, um, we will have a big issue with Iran. We'll have an issue with Palestinians. We'll have an issue. It's a two-state. Pro- it's a two-problem. It's two problems that that they're basically making their own problem. And they have an election coming up. I'll be there. And it's a big issue, folks. And I love Israeli Israeli politics. That's one of the issues that we um that. They have to cover. Many, many, many people are saying they're scared. They're scared to death out of this. And, and, um, we have the speech from the Palestinian Authority president, and we have the Israeli president, Prime Minister. Here you go. Prime Minister, yeah, you're Go ahead with the speech, and I'm I'm really devastated about it. Six million of our people were murdered. Seventy-five years later, Israel is a strong, liberal democracy, proud and prosperous, a startup nation that invented ways an Iron Dome, medicines for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and a robot which can perform spinal surgery. A world leader in water and food tech, cyber defense, and renewable energy. With 13 Nobel Prize winners in literature and chemistry, economics, and peace. How did this happen? 
It happened because we decided not to be a victim. We chose not to dwell on the pain of the past, but rather to focus on the hope of the future. We chose to invest our energies into building a nation, into building a happy society, optimistic and creative. We didn't only reach the promised land, we are building the promised land. History is determined by people. We need to understand history, respect it, and learn from it, but also to be willing and able to change it, to choose the future over the past, peace over war, partnership over seclusion and isolation. A few months ago, we convened the historic Negev summit. We sat at dinner not far from the grave of David Ben-Gurion, the founding father of the state of Israel. There were six of us. The Secretary of State of the United States, foreign ministers of Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco and Israel. A dinner that only two years ago no one would have believed was possible. And then the door opened. Someone came in and said, I'm sorry to disturb you, but there was a terror attack not far from Tel Aviv. Two Israelis were murdered. In an instant, we all understood that the goal of the attack was to destroy the summit, to create anger among us, to cause us to argue and to divide this new partnership of between us. And I said to the foreign ministers, we have to condemn this terror attack right now together. We have to show the world that terror will not triumph. The room fell silent. And then one of the Arab foreign ministers said, but we are always against terror. This is why we're here. And five minutes later, we put out a joint statement from the six of us condemning the attack and sanctifying life cooperation and our belief that there is a different way. The summit continued. Agreements were signed. Working groups were formed to deal with issues of technology, food security, energy, water, education, and infrastructure. Those working groups are changing the face of the Middle East as we speak. The people of the Middle East, the people of the entire world. All right. Just heard Israeli Prime Minister. Let's speak. Let's hear the breakdown of the assembly speech. Sayyid Lapid speaking at the United Nations General Assembly. I'm Khaled Ben David. This is a special edition of the Rundown. It was uh, a dramatic speech by the Prime Minister. Certainly, the, mo the most major one that he's given on an international stage. There, uh, he did speak about the threat of Iran, as has the previous Prime Ministers of Israel. Uh, but he also did mention his support for a two-state solution with the Palestinians, and spoke strongly about that. That has generated some controversy here. Uh, uh, and then, of course, he uh, injected some personal uh, tone 
into his speech, speaking about Israel's need for speech. Uh, I'm with Owen Alterman, our senior correspondent, uh, Mark Regev, who was the former uh, Israeli ambassador to the UK, former spokesman and advisor to uh, prime ministers. Uh, Owen, I just want to start with you. Uh, yes, he did speak about the two-state solution. Uh, yes, he spoke about Iran, but I think what it was really dramatically different here was the tone, especially how personal it was. Absolutely. It was a riveting speech. It was well-crafted. Some parts more riveting than others, Kalev. Because the run-up to this speech was... All right. So he didn't speak that much. He spoke about the two-state solution. He spoke about the Iran deal. He spoke about certain... It was. It's basically personal things. And then it's not as much as you think. It was basically about the two-state solution and have a good day. Let's see what um, the Palestinian Mahmoud Abbas has to say. for coming onto the show today. Do you think the two-state solution is dead because... Um... And they are still living the spillovers of this Nakba, which... which is a humiliation for the whole humanity, especially... Our U.S. correspondent joins us from the United Nations headquarters there. Mike, you were listening to the same speech as Ariel and I here in the studio. What did you feel? What did you? What's the takeaway from that speech? What did you feel about the tone and narrative of what he was saying? Uh, it's, it's essentially a microcosm of why the region has passed Mahmoud Abbas by, why we're now celebrating the second anniversary of the Abraham Accords. There's just nothing of substance there. It's old grievances that could have been brought up essentially in any year. Could have been a pre-recorded speech from five, six, seven years ago just with some new facts sprinkled in there. there there's no new ideas. There's no accomplishments to be spoken of. There, there, there's just nothing there from Ahmad Abbas and it symbolizes uh, his, his degradation. And you're seeing it out on the streets in, in Judea and Samaria in the West Bank and Palestinian uh, towns and villages. This uh, new rebellion against the Palestinian Authority. There's just nothing there to speak of. He's talking about the partition, inter, uh, implementing the partition plan. He's back in 1947, back in 1948. There, there's just uh, nothing that he's, he's bringing to the table, uh, blaming the United Nations for holding a double standard in, in favor of the Israelis, which is just uh, a complete uh, um, opposite of, of reality. When you look at the UN and all the, the anti-Israel uh, resolutions that it's passed with all the resources uh, that the United Nations pours into the Palestinians, the permanent agenda items uh, against Israel that are always on the docket, uh, the number of uh, pro-Palestinian committees, the special rapporteurs, UNRWA, uh, just the billions of dollars have been poured into the Palestinian cause uh, for him to say there's a, uh, a pro-Israel bent at the United Nations. Just, it's detached from reality. But typical of a Mahmoud Abbas speech at the UN General Assembly. Yep. All right. Next. Trump spoke to Sean Hannity. Listen. Oh, you're not going to answer the question if you're running. But I'd love to, but I can't. I'm not allowed to legally. Okay. If I said it, you know, it has a whole, it's, it's ridiculous. What would like, you do, thinking through this, you gave me, you surprised me one night with an answer. I asked you, what would you do differently? And you said, I'd stop fighting with the media because they're corrupt and a waste of my time. 
Did you really mean that? You would stop fighting with the media? Well, I think I fight with them a lot less. I mean, I believe the term fake news came or emanated from Oh, I from think me. it's branded right across no, the I think it was, tattooed into uh, their foreheads. I think I've explained that. Yeah. Um, if I didn't fight, my presidency would have been a failure and the country would have been way, way down. You have to... No, not the fighting to, on policy, yeah. but what about the... I'd other love words, to be able to get along with the media. Um, yeah. I respect many people in the media. You... A lot. Thank you. you. Know, when you see Pulitzer Prizes going to people that got Russia, Russia, Russia totally wrong. I got it right. It's very, and you got it right, and I'll, John Solomon got it right, and yeah. Sarah got it right. And Greg and Jarrett. We could, Greg Jarrett's Everybody. incredible. Yeah. There are some people that got it right that should be rewarded, but you can't reward the people that got it wrong. <laughs> exactly the opposite. So you wouldn't you talk. It's great. All right, next. Addiction takes hold. to be a nationwide issue and especially here in texas this morning governor greg abbott is directing state police to tighten up when it comes to trafficking fentanyl into texas our chris audigny joins us from the newsroom this morning and chris the governor even issued a new executive order yes he did sonia things continue to heat up this morning at the texas border as governor greg abbott continues to make those headlines weeks ahead of midterm elections he issued an executive order yesterday taking aim at cartels as fentanyl deaths continue to surge in the state the order directs the Department of Public Safety to increase its focus on Mexican cartels. That means trying to stop the flow of drugs across the border. Glenn Youngkin's administration has rewritten the Commonwealth policies for the treatment of transgender students. It President Biden on the world stage this week at the United Nations talking tough on Russia. Watch. So we, each of us in this body, who determined to uphold the principles and beliefs we pledge to defend as members of the United Nations, must be clear, firm, and unwavering in our resolve. He does not sound like a president of the United States. Listen to Donald Trump at the UN. Listen to this thing on. Just give me a minute. Since my election, we've added $10 trillion in wealth. The stock market is at an all-time high in history, and jobless claims are at a 50-year low. African-American, Hispanic-American, and Asian-American unemployment have all achieved their lowest levels ever recorded. We've added more than 4 million new jobs including half a million manufacturing jobs. We have passed the biggest tax cuts and reforms in American history. We've started the construction. Doesn't that sound great or what? Listen to this. Statement by His Excellency Benjamin Netanyahu, Prime Minister. Distinguished delegates, ladies and gentlemen, we oppose it. Netanyahu, on the other hand, sounds tough. He sounds tough on, and also Donald Trump, and everything. 
That sounds tough. You gotta be tough against the UN. When you're talking to the UN, you gotta be tough. Not like... Alright. Alright, next. And China, Russia, and North Korea in check. This was at the end of the North Carolina rally. I told you guys, he's gonna keep that music. And it's gonna... It's so wonderful that he kept that music. And they did it by mistake, by the way. Listen to this. They weren't going to do a thing against us. And everyone knows it. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every single list. We are a nation whose once revered airports are dirty and a crowded mess, where you sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave and they have no idea when it will. A nation where ticket prices are through the roof. They don't have the pilots fly the planes. They don't want or seek qualified air traffic controllers, and they don't know what they're doing. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, willpower, and strength. We are a nation that has lost its way. But we are not going to let this continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation, and we will soon be a great nation again. It was hard-working patriots like you who built this country, and it is hard-working patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left lunatics and the rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever, ever, ever back down. As long as we are confident and united, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand a chance. Because we are Americans and, and I just like the music in the background. It's just so wonderful. Because it's sad music. And he's saying a message. And it's a sad message that we are in America. And we have to be hearing this. Whoever did that music was is a really amazing person. Alright, next. failed to prepare for this influx of migrants when they originally lifted the public health-related pandemic um, ban, essentially, on asylum seekers coming into the states. Do you think they failed to prepare, and that's now 
what's really driving this quote unquote breaking point that we're seeing in the city um, with the migrants coming in here? I think what we're seeing in the city is a, is a political stunt. Um, I thought the what really personified that political stunt is uh, the governor of Florida. He had nothing to do with it. I mean, what was his purpose of sending a plane, a plane load to Martha's Vineyard? He just felt as though he wanted to get into uh, this horrendous action. And so we're seeing the political stunt of this. Uh, I think that the Republican Party desire was to attempt to overshadow what they've done right to choose on, on the overproliferation of guns. I think this is a complete political stunt. And that's what, that's what has created what is happening here in New York City. And my concern is what's happening here in this city. And I believe they created it. This is a humanitarian crisis created up by human hands. And it was a political stunt. Stem from a crisis of the border. So should the federal government be doing more to provide assistance there? Uh, is, I, I think it's crucial that we coordinate as a country uh, to deal with the asylum seekers and the, and the migrants. And that's what we're doing. That's the role I'm going to play as the mayor of the city. Tonight... It's my great honor, and I mean it sincerely, to present the National Humanities Medal to Sir Elton John. All right, Elton John performs at the White House. Listen to it. President Biden hosting Sir Elton John for a White House performance. And it comes as the president drums up support for his party ahead of the midterm elections. Our D.C. Bureau Chief Ben Kennedy live in Washington with much more. Ben. Eden, Calvin, President Biden called Sir Elton John a legend and then talked about the impact his music has had not only on he and his family, but the world. You can tell everybody this is your song. Britain's rocket band sung his... All right, enough. Next. <laughs> Biden was confused after his address and turned to leave the podium but he stopped and looked lost he also uh, said something what which wasn't audible at the end of such a momentous event the word thank you seems kind of inadequate but for all the millions whose lives will be saved now the- right next oh he wants to put social security in the job so talked about quote, women can decide the outcome of this election. Paraphrasing some a quote in the in, he was in, in uh, which state? Well, he ain't seen nothing yet. He's speaking about education uh, this week. Next, now is Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua. And the ability to send them back to those states is not rational. You could send them back and have them wait. We're working with Mexico and other countries to see if we can stop the flow. But that's the difference. Thank you. Um, whiteness is a poison, apparently. Car- carrying on with the America, an American teacher has released... 
Wales and Queensland. And in Queensland, you know, the mayor of Brisbane said, well, we're not going to go down this road of putting up more flagpoles on the Story Bridge uh, over the river to put the indigenous flag and the Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag up there. Contrast that, and, and great, because, you know, these fl- the flags that are up there, the Queensland flag and the Australian flag, represent all Queenslanders and all Australians. And, you know, look at where New South Wales' Dom Perrottet is right now. Well, he's gone. He went and he took down the New South Wales flag from the Harbour Bridge, which, of course, represents all New South oh, Welsh yes, folk, yeah. um, for the indigenous flag, which is Aboriginal flag, which represents Did they get it the right way up? Did they, they, they didn't right actually get it the right way up. Right. I checked on Excellent. the way over. Fantastic. Unlike, the, unlike at, well uh, done, the job well summit, done. at the job summit when they had it upside down, <laughs> which was well done to the Prime Minister's office team there at Parliament House. Um, but, you know, this, and you have to say that a few years ago when he was uh, treasurer, Don Perrette wrote for the Daily Telegraph, he said, you know, proposals... Well, Newark Liberty International Airport named the worst mega airport in the country. Now, that's according to J.D. Power. News Film New Jersey's Keith Kaczynski is at Newark Liberty International Airport with more on what exactly this means and how people are reacting. Keith. Yeah, so good afternoon. So J.D. Power releases this ranking annually analyzing mega, large, and medium-sized airports throughout the country and North America. Newark Liberty International is considered a mega airport. It's the second busiest airport in the tri-state area and one of the top 15 busiest airports in the United States. But this new ranking has landed them on the bottom. Out of 20 North American mega airports, which get at least 33 million passengers a year, Newark came in dead last. I would think at this point now, we would be you know, either top five or at least top ten. Uh, because we do provide so many flights out of this airport, but to come in dead last is, yeah, it's a shame. J.D. Power looked at terminals, arrival and departure times, and baggage claim. The study found Newark Liberty to be congested both inside and out, with heavy traffic and outdated infrastructure. There's a lot of things that could be fixed here, um, starting from bathrooms, uh, the luggage where you pick it up, um, Everything is so, like, not organized. It's been this bad for this long, and we don't see any progress or the needle kind of going in the right direction. For travelers here, yeah, that's just, it's unacceptable. However, not every traveler agrees with the designation. I think it's quite pleasant. I chose to fly in here instead of LaGuardia or JFK today. I come through Newark all the time because it is so convenient. And uh, I, I would disagree. Like, if you don't know what you're doing in the airport, it's probably the worst for you. But if you know what you're doing, it's not that bad. And as for the worst large and medium-sized airports, well, that goes to Philly and Burbank. The best mega airport in the United States is Minneapolis-St. Paul. Here at Newark Liberty International, I'm Keith Kosinski, News 12 New Jersey. Yeah, thank you, Alan. Well, tonight may be the night that Yankee fans have been waiting to celebrate all week. With just two more home runs, Aaron Judge would make history as the first baseball player to ever hit 62 home runs in a season for the American League. News 12 Samantha Cheney is around Yankee Stadium where local businesses say sales have skyrocketed as fans await the history-making hits. The past three days have been nothing but Aaron Judge mania. It's not high, hello. They say, do you think he's going to hit it today? All eyes have been on Aaron Judge stepping up to the plate in hopes of breaking the American League home run record for a...
He didn't break it yet, but tonight he could break it. The game is at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, the Yankees has been on a great um, winning streak. They clinched their uh, playoff spot. They're amazing. And uh, tonight is the last um, of the, I think, the Red Sox. And then they go to, then they have Toronto and Baltimore. And then I think the, the Rangers, the final series. And then the playoff spot. Yes. Uh, October 5th is the last day of baseball. And I am excited for that. Uh, and by the way, I had so much fun at the that Red Sox game. I'm telling you, I never seen at a game so many fans standing up for one player for just one play. Never seen that before. Just go crazy. Which is insane. Listen to this. All right, Kurt Sumter here at the Alert Center and Mayor Eric Adams announcing the next steps in supporting asylum seekers making their way to our city from Texas and other border states, opening up humanitarian emergency response and relief centers. And the Oh yeah, all right, next. Only five years ago, Hurricane Maria hit the island of Puerto Rico. Repairing the damage done was in the works, and then Fiona hit. News 12's Caitlin Ulrich tells us about New York City's plan to help with its aftermath. These scenes from Hurricane Fiona are a stark reminder of 2017's hurricane, Maria. Fiona is the worst storm the island of Puerto Rico has seen in five years. In the wake of its damage, the storm has left 80% of the island without running water. All right, Fiona um, is crazy. Another um, one we got to watch is Ian. Listen to this. I'm certified meteorologist Brandon Orr. We just got the brand new 11 a.m. advisory in on Tropical Storm Ian. Maximum sustained winds have remained the same at 50 miles per hour. Hurricane hunters are flying through this, still finding it a little disorganized. There are a few signs it's slowly trying to reorganize and get itself together, and that's because some of the thunderstorms are starting to show up in bands. So this banding is a feature of a tropical storm that is slowly starting to get itself together. But here's the thing. It's moving into an environment that is almost tech textbook for rapid intensification and the hurricane center intensity forecast with at this 11 a.m. advisory did not really change still expecting this to develop into a category four hurricane by Tuesday just to the west of Key West the track forecast continues to focus on northern Florida anywhere from around Fort Myers all the way over to the panhandle so there's still a wide cone here and a lot of uncertainty one thing we do know is that the farther north this makes landfall in Florida the weaker the storm is likely to be because by the northeastern gulf there's strong winds that'll try to tear this thing apart so it'll likely peak in intensity just after it passes cuba here's our computer models laid on the cone our european model still coming in close to sarasota so just
just south of Tampa. If that were the case, to ride the eastern side of this cone, we could see tropical storm conditions as far away as here in South Florida. But it is looking more likely that hurricane conditions in the center of this track will be to the west of South Florida. But that does not mean we're not going to see any impacts. And that's the big thing I want you to take away from that cone is that tells us where the center of the storm is going to go, not the impacts. We're expecting three to six inches of rain. We have a flooding threat on Tuesday and Wednesday from the outer rain bands. Some of the wind gusts will be kind of high in some of these rain bands, and we could see some weak rotation that could lead to isolated tornadoes and water spouts. First rain bands look to arrive in the Keys by Monday night. The rest of us getting it Tuesday into Wednesday. And that's the hurricane report for um, Florida. So, yep. All right. All right, next is, let's see what else we got. Oh, Israel. And now in other news, Israel is gearing up to launch its fifth vaccination campaign against the coronavirus, with the new shots adapted for the Omicron variant. Joining us now with more on this effort is the... Yes, it's the fifth vaccination, and you know who has COVID now? For the second time, Albert Bora. Um, he said he's doing well. Uh, yeah. Next. How about cherry ice cream? Now ahead of the holidays, a very special treat. Shwiki is an American Hasidic singer and he's soon arriving for a concert in Jerusalem. Then, as a mitzvah, he's planning to donate all the proceeds from the show to the Special Children's Center nonprofit. But first, let's have a listen. From the life I choose, I know I am. On Cholamoed, which is during Sukkot, um, Shwaki will be in uh, Jerusalem with Akiva, um, and he's going to be doing a concert with, for the Special Children's Center. All the proceeds go to the Special Children's Center. It's amazing. So wonderful that they're having that. Next, as I said, Israel's um, prep seven hours ago for the uh, new year. Listen to this. Well, Israel will observe Rosh Hashanah nationwide starting today. That means businesses, schools, and government services will be closed. Rosh Hashanah means the head of the year in Hebrew, and it's one of the most celebrated and important holidays for Jewish people around the world. Public transportation won't be available, and border crossings between Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip will also be closed in the standard operating procedure for national holidays. Let's go to I-24 News' Emily Francis, joining us live from the Carmel Market in Tel Aviv, where people are getting that last-minute shopping done before the city closes down. Emily, what are you seeing? Hello, good afternoon, Hamda. Well, we're just seeing a lot of people enjoying uh, their morning, their Rosh Hashanah 
Erev Rosh Hashanah, they call it. It's a, it doesn't officially become Rosh Hashanah, the year 5783, until sundown. But you can see uh, droves of people have been uh, coming through here all morning, whether just to have some last-minute uh, social visits with friends, other people buying produce, all kinds of food, pomegranate, honey, all of the all of the staples for the Rosh Hashanah holiday. It's really been a, kind of a nice atmosphere. It started off a little bit cool, a little fall-like, and now it's a, a really nice day, not too hot. You can really just see people here enjoying and uh, preparing for the year 5783 and obviously what they say what you say that during Rosh Hashanah is wishing you a sweet new year people hoping to have a sweet year ahead after quite a, a tumultuous year in the year 5782 between the war in Ukraine the the passing of the queen amongst uh, many other things we even have another election coming up so 5783 hoping to be sweet also sweet for uh, many immigrants uh, refugees from the war in Ukraine and they've been able to, to find way and safe passage here to Israel so more people here celebrating their first Rosh Hashanah in Israel, in the Holy Land, a big deal to them. Many who have dreamed their whole lives to be able to come here and celebrate. So that is all in the uh, the uh, the upswing of energy leading to the celebration tonight and ringing in 5783. <laughs> All right, time to close out 57782 and open up 57783, a message that I'd like to say. As a uh, religious believer, um, we talk to God every day and believe in God. Um, and we ask God for the Messiah, for um, that the Messiah can come any day. Um, and also we ask God to, we ask also, what I, what I think about um, the high holidays, it's a big, big thing. It's not only... Gathering families together. It's not only having family, friends together. It's basically talking to God and seeing what you want for the 57783 year. And what we want is peace which is Shalom in Hebrew. We want a peace treaty with Russia and Ukraine. We want a peace treaty between Iran and Israel. We want a peace treaty. And God willing, the Messiah will come very soon. And also, we will, and I will. I'll be in Israel um, after Sukkot. I'll be in Israel, and 
maybe broadcasting. I don't know if we're going to be broadcasting live in Israel. Possibly on the flight. I don't know my schedule is, but... Um, um, as I said, that Rosh Hashanah is a great holiday. It's one of my favorite holidays on earth because we blow the ram's horn. Um, with the ram's horn, we, we send a message. It's time to wake up. It's time to, basically, it's time to say, we did the wrong things this past year we did wrong and we got to think about what we, we what how to fix it this year how are we going to what are we going to do the next year and that's what we have to do in this coming year and we need to wake up and say god on Yom Kippur which is October 5th and then during those during the time period of Rosh Hashanah and the nine days of um forgiveness, repentance, we ask God for forgiveness. In those times we say, God, I am I am sorry that I did this, I did that, I am sorry I did that. And then October fifth, which is Yom Kippur. We ask God for uh, um, for forgiveness, and we hope God seals us in the books of good deeds, and He seals us in the book of 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 um, of greatness. May this year be the may God. Um, put us in the book of of greatness. And may God bless us with a great, sweet, and healthy year. And may Messiah come very soon. Amen. Have a great week. Um, next week, let's see our schedule for next week. Next week will be... Ooh, um, will be a tight schedule for the next few weeks. Um, next week we'll be talking also, possibly next week, I'm not sure. We did a possible schedule today, but hopefully, uh, next week I'm not sure, really sure, I'm not really sure because I'm putting up, uh, huts for Sukkot. And the following week is, um... Sukkot, and then the following week is also Sukkot, and then uh, basically three weeks for um, basically one, two, three, four, five weeks from now, I'll be on the plane. How about that? I'll be on the plane to Israel. Um, so we got five episodes left. I mean, four episodes left to like. Go to Israel. So, how about that? Happy Rosh Hashanah, everyone. Um, until then, I will speak to you next time. Have a great week.